0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, May 5th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Shelton, for a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. Cole, we get to break down UFC 249. It takes place this Saturday. It's actually happening. Knock on wood, man. Knocking on all the wood in front of me, man. This card better happen. But, uh, Cole, I'm excited to talk about this card with you, man. Talk to bottom. It really is one of the best cards I think I've ever seen. And I mean, I've been watching this board for a long time and I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. So uh, just any initial thoughts on the card before we dive right into it. Yeah. Like
1: just looking at you. have Jacques Ray, Souza, your hall opens up the televised prelims. That could be a co-main on a fight night yeah. or like on a pay-per-view card. Like that's a main card final pay-per-view to have. And then to have like Vicente, Luco, Nico price on the fight pass prelims. Like that just shows how stacked it is. Like, there's a ton of former champs on the card. Like the prelims, basically, almost every fight is a former champ. Like you have Pettis, Perdoom, Sparza, like a lot of, and a lot of big names too. Like this is one of their
0: best cards they've done, like in recent memory for me. Yeah, I love it. I do love it. Now, obviously, you can argue about the morals of it. I'm holding an event right now, but, uh, You know, it's weird. Like, I feel like I'm okay with it more so than I was when they wanted to hold it in in April. I think that was, like, way too soon. That was, like, nuts. Like, everyone was kind of on the same page there. But, like, you know, restrictions are lessening out all around the world. And even in Toronto here, Cole, like, it seems like they're going to start reopening up things very shortly. So, you know, I I feel like enough time has passed where the risk isn't as much as it was a month ago. But it's still risky holding an event for sure. But uh, UFC, you know, they, they say they have all their all the tests in order for all the fighters and the athletes and and the other people that are going to be associated with the event. So hopefully everything goes smooth, cold, no one gets sick. That's, uh, I think, the number one hope for all of us, just the health and safety of the fighters. But uh, yeah, I mean, on paper, this card is absolutely stacked. So we got 12 fights to break down today. We're going to start with the prelims and work our way up to the main event of the evening, as we always do. Cole, we haven't actually broke down fights in almost two months now. It's been like 55 days. I was just looking at it. The last car we did was Oliveira versus Kevin Lee, and that was in March. So it's been a while, but uh, man, I'm excited to talk about this car with you. Okay, so let's get into it. First Friday of the night, light heavyweight bout: Ryan Spanning and Sam Alvey. The current odds: Ryan Span minus four twenty, and Sam Alvey plus three thirty five. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is pretty obvious. Ryan, I have to go with Ryan Span. I'm really high on Ryan Span. I've talked to him a couple times. I've talked to a lot of guys at Florida who train them. A lot of people say he's one of their best guys they've seen in a while. He's looked really good in the UFC. He's submission over Devin Clark, a quick knockout over uh, He's Even on the Contenders Series, he knocked out Emiliano Sordi in 26 seconds, who just won the PFL tournament. So we know how good he is. I think this they made this fight for a reason. It's trying to get Ryan Spann another win. Sam Elvey's a guy a lot of people know. He's sort of fan favorite. He's a guy. He's like a... Not a huge name, but he's a name that a lot of people do recognize. He's on a three-fight losing streak. This is do-or-die for his UFC career, I think. And this is a guy that just kind of gets Ryan Span over the hump. Like Nugera was a big name. And then they're doing Elvin. I think he's. I think I have spanned by first-round knockout. And I think after this, he'll get one of those top fifteen
0: guys. Yeah, I got Adrian Kapoor here in the comments. Morning, guys. It's fight week. Hope you're doing well. Man, we're excited to be back, and I hope you're doing well, too, Adrian. Feel free to ask any questions during the show. We'll get to them. Uh, as far as this fight goes, yeah, I'm with you. I like Ryan I mean, obviously. I think Ryan Span is, to me, like one of the more likely uh, fighters to win on the whole card. Like I feel conf- more confident in him than most fighters. I just really like this matchup for Ryan Span. The guy's a beast. He's a he's massive, too. Cole, when I went to Brazil last year, I, actually, I think it was like almost a year ago where I was in Brazil right now for UFC 237 uh, for the Andrade card, which would make it a year since I've worked for BJPenn.com, which I'll, I think is next week's my first year anniversary. But uh, when I was at the airport, Ryan Span was there with, with Saad, uh, Saad, and I was like, geez, who is that guy? I was talking to Aaron, my friend, Aaron Bronstetter, and he's like, that's Ryan Spann. I'm like, holy smokes, I didn't realize how big he was. Like, I'm six three. Cole, this guy's way bigger than me. He's six five. He might be 6'6". He's a massive dude for like heavyweight. Like He could easily be a heavyweight. I've been nothing but impressed with this guy in the UFC so far. He's looked great. Um, the fight I was at, he knocked out Little Nog in like devastating fashion in the first round. Since then, he picked up the win over Hark. He's on a seven-fight win streak. Like you said, the win over Sorty that looks really good. He's got a couple other decent wins on his resume too. So this guy's been around you know, for a little while now, but uh, I think it's really taken a while to get his groove, and I think he's got it now. To be honest, like I think he should have got a top fifteen guy already. Um, arguably, he's taking step backwards. Like I think Little Nog's are a better fighter than Devin Clark, and I know he's a little older, but I think he's a better fighter. I think he's a better fighter than Sam Alvey. So, and they fought head to head, right? And knocked him out. So, to me, this should be an easy win for Ryan Span. I think he knocked Sam Alvey out. I don't like Sam Alvey at two hundred five. Um, I don't think he's looked very good there. His chin's not as as good as it used to be either like he's taking a lot of damage in his career i like the guy he's a nice guy i know you had an interview with him cole and he's, he's a super nice guy but uh i think this is gonna be another knockout loss for him man he's lost three in a row i think this will be fourth in the fourth in a row so by picks me ryan span my first one knockout as well cole. I, I just don't see this fight lasting very long i think ryan span connects puts sam alvey out blitz him i mean it's possible sam alvey can go the distance i guess like if his chin holds up but Cole, like look at his last couple fights like he's he's starting to get knocked out more than he used to so yeah, I like Ryan Spann in this fight. I don't want to overthink it. Minus 420 does seem like a lot, but to me, Cole, like I, I think he's one of like the few fighters on the card where I feel like really confident. Like if someone was like, name like two or three fighters to win, I would definitely put Ryan Spann on that list. You know, so I, I like him a lot in this fight. Next fight, Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa in a featherweight bout. Interesting fight here. Right now we got Bryce Mitchell minus 155, Rosa, plus 135. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. Two really good submission artists. Rose is coming off that really good win over Manny Bermudez to get back in the wind column and uh, a return to the OC, because he hadn't fought in a while. Bryce Mitchell, obviously, coming off that really nice twist where win. Has some good wins, be bogging off it. Uh, Ty Diamond, who signed a PFL now. Like I like Bryce Mitchell in this fight. I think he's just better on the ground. Striking wise, I think they're pretty similar, but I don't think either of them will be able to pull off a finish or get a submission. So I think it's going to go the distance where. Mitchell just outwork Rose on the ground on the feet to pick up a decision win.
0: This one's pretty tough, I think. This could go either way. Bryce Mitchell's looked good in the UFC for sure. The win over Matt Sales, obviously, one of the best submissions probably ever with the twister. He also looked pretty good in the other fights against Diamond and Moffitt. Those are decent wins. I mean, the guy as a pro is 12-0, and and he's got some decent experience now. He did lose on the ultimate fire to Brad Katona, but uh, it was a couple years ago, and he's looked pretty impressive since then. He's pretty popular among, like, fans right now. So, you know, you think the UFC would give him a fight he can win. Rosa is a very underrated fighter, though, in my opinion. Like, somehow he's 33, cold, Like, he's kind of, like, snuck up in age. Because he's been around for, well, six years now, but he only fights once a year, basically. So this is a guy that you would love to see fight more often. Because you look at his resume, Cole. Fought once in 2014, twice in 2015, once in 2016, once in 2017. Didn't fight in 2018, and once last year in 2019. So... He's a guy that I'd love to see fight more often. Cause if you look at his fights, he's winning fight in the air performance of the night in like almost every fight. He just doesn't fight that often. For me, like the fact that he doesn't fight that often definitely like kind of hurts him here. Cause against a guy like Bryce Mitchell is constantly getting better and showing that in his fights. Rosa's good though. This is a spot where a dog could win, I think. I would not be surprised if Rosa wins. Because quite frankly, I don't know how good Bryce Mitchell is. I know he looked, he has looked good in the UFC, but He has been fighting lower level competition, but Charles Rosa, quite frankly, has been fighting much better guys and beating them for the most part. So I'm going to go with Bryce Mitchell Cole, probably the winning decision here, a back and forth decision, but Rosa could win this fight. I wouldn't personally bet on this fight because I think it can go either way. Next up, we have the main event of the early prelims and Cole, honestly, this is my sleeper pick for Friday night. This fight is sick. I can't wait for this one. Vicente Luque against Nico Price should be a great fight. Right now we have, Vicente Luque, minus 290, and Nico Price, plus 245. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, just surprised the odds are that it's high. I do like Vicente Luque in this fight. He obviously won the first fight. I just think he's the better all-around fighter. I think his ground game is a lot better than Nico Price. I think Nico Price probably has more knockout power, but striking-wise and technical-wise, Vicente Luque is the better striker. It's going to be an interesting fight because Nico Price has shown he can win from anywhere, like the James Vick fight, the Randy Brown fight. He, win, he can knock you out from the bottom. He's obviously a durable guy. Like he takes a lot to finish him, but I think Luke can just outwork him, outstrike him, take him to the ground. I think he might be able to pull off another submission, but I'll take Luke by decision in a pretty close fight, but
0: one where Luke gets back into the wind column. I'm a little surprised at the odds are this why. I know that Luke obviously won the first fight a couple years ago. He submitted Nico Price. But uh, Nico Price has like improved since then quite a bit in my opinion. And Luke, he's looked good too. Don't get me wrong. I just am surprised it's minus 290. To me, like, there's no betting value there per se. But I do slightly favor Vicente Luke just because, for me, Cole, the defense is the problem with Nico Price. He's very willing to get into a brawl, which is not like a problem for him usually because he usually has a better chin than his opponents and usually he's able to knock them out, as you saw with James Vick, Tim Means, Randy Brown. But he can get knocked out himself. We saw that Jeff Neal, Abdul Razak Alassane, he can get KO'd. And I feel like Vicente Luque has got enough knockout power we could possibly knock Nico Price out. So I wouldn't be surprised if Price does win this fight because the guy's really good. I love Nico Price. I think he's one of the most exciting guys in this division. He's awesome. If he wins, I'd be great for him. But I got to go with Luque Cole. Even though I didn't really like his performance against Thompson, I'm still pretty high in this guy. I think he's very well-rounded, very dangerous. I think he's just a little bit more well-rounded than Nico Price. I think he could probably connect with Nico Price and knock him out. So that's going to be my pick. I'll take Vicente Luque by KO, but I don't really like the odds. two ninety. to me, that's a little high. There's probably a little bit more value in the dog, but uh, I got to go with Luque. All right, this is an interesting fight, Cole. Kicking off the ESPN preliminary card. Love this matchup. Uriah Hall against Ronaldo, Jacare Souza, and Souza is minus 135. Hall, plus 115. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I think it's... A good move has been back down to middleweight i didn't really like him at light heavyweight i think he's a better 185 er but honestly his last fight 185 was not a good yeah, like jack manson kind of he really dominated jacques And this fight this is actually one of my underdogs i'm going with uriah hall i just think i was really impressed with that carlos jr fight where he stuffed a lot of the takedowns i think he can do a similar thing to jacques and on the feet i think Hall's is a better striker since he's been to fortis he's been a lot better he's been a lot more dedicated he's training full-time he lives at Fortis now so fighting is his whole thing right now I think safe always comes up with really good game plans here I think Hall's gonna keep this fight on the feet just outstrike Jacques Ray take a decision win
0: so when me and Cole like get the podcast ready we don't talk about who we're gonna pick for our fights I like to, it to be a surprise and I like for Cole for it to be a surprise for him as well the only thing that we said to each other were was uh we're both gonna pick two or three underdogs I wasn't sure what Cole was going to pick, but I kind of had a feeling and uh, I wasn't sure about this fight Cole, but I'm actually on the same page with you. I'm going to go with Uriah Hall here, which is crazy because I'm a huge Jockery Sousa stand. I love the guy. He is awesome. Uh, the guy's been really good for me over his career. I've picked him in a lot of fights where people didn't think he'd win like the Chris Weidman fight, for instance, but I think he's definitely getting up there in age on age 40. And to me, he hasn't looked that great as of late. Uh, The Blauwitz fight, I mean, you got to keep in mind, Cole, that was an upper weight class. And I thought he won the fight. A lot of people did. So we got to give him some credit there. He lost a split decision to the guy who's probably going to fight for the belt. That's not that bad of a loss. The one that concerns me more is the Hermanson fight, Cole, because he got dominated in that fight. And uh, Jacare is a guy that, you know, he's uh, amazing on the ground. Like, his ground game is one of the best. But he's very willing to stand and trade. And the last few years, that's kind of been his downfall. You saw that in, in the Hermanson fight. He just got picked apart for the whole fight against a guy like Hermanson, who's a decent striker, but not amazing. Uriah Hall, I think, is actually a better striker. You know, Uriah Hall is a, a very tough guy to pick. He's another guy that I've had, uh, ever, quite frankly, everyone's had issues picking his fights over the years. He's just, he, he's one of these guys where you think he's going to win a fight and loses, like the John Howard fight or a fight where he's going to lose and he wins, like the first Musasi fight. He's just kind of an enigma. He's very tough to, to pick. But I have liked how he's looked lately, and I like the fact he's training a force. I know he's training by himself. We've got to keep that in mind for all these fights. A lot of these guys have makeshift training camps. Like, Jockery, I believe, is training in his garage. I don't know who he's training with. I think he said he was training with, with Gilbert Burns a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, Cole, because they're friends. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think I read that. But in general, these guys are going to have makeshift training camps. Uriah right hall's training by himself right now with Saad down in Fortis. That, to me, could be enough for him to actually get the here. I think with that coaching, this is enough for him to make that leap in his career from like gatekeeper to contender. This is going to be a big win for him if he gets it. I think he can get it done. I'm not like, super, super confident by any means, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark here on Uriah Hall as an underdog. I do think he won this fight. I'll take him to win by decision, call. I think he can just kind of out-strike Jacare, who's kind of getting up there in Asia right now. So my pick's going to Uriah Hall by decision. And basically, it's a consensus dog. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to go too crazy against Jacare because he is so talented. So if you're going to bet on Uriah Hall, just, just don't don't go too crazy. But I definitely think there's value on him. All right, next up, women's strawweight belt. Carla Esparza against Michelle Watterson. Carlos Barza, minus 155. Michelle, the Karate Hottie Watterson, plus 135. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, I'm going back-to-back back underdogs. I'm on Michelle Watterson here. Just style-wise, Esparza's obviously a wrestling-heavy kind of fighter. She uses her wrestling to dominate her fights. That's how she won the title. But the thing with Watterson is most of her fights she wants going out of the ground. She's a girl that has really good jiu so I don't know if Esparza's going to want to wrestle. Because I even talked to Watterson about this. Like statistically speaking, most of her wins are off of the ground by either ground pound TKO or by submission, even off her back sometimes. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think Watterson has enough wrestling takedown events to keep the fight on the feet. And on the feet, I think Watterson's a much better striker where I think she'll do enough on the feet. And even if it goes down to the ground, I think she'll still have some success on the ground where I think she's going to take a decision win here and get back in the win column.
0: Yeah, like I said a few minutes ago, me and Cole didn't discuss who we are going to pick, but I'm actually on the same page here too, Cole. I do like Michelle Watterson in this fight. Like you said, like, if the fight stays on the feet, she has such a huge advantage in this fight. Carl is striking is very rudimentary. It's never improved. Her bread and butter's are wrestling. She's got really good wrestling. She can use that to win her fights. But to me, it's like people think she's like – um, Michelle Watterson's like Alexa Grasso. Michelle Watterson's a much more well-rounded fighter way better wrestling look look at the carolina fight took her down and just controlled her on the ground she is a little smaller for this division but it's not like as far a big fighter either like as far as it's five foot one she's very small michelle watterson's actually a little taller uh, as far as obviously wrestling wise i mean she definitely is a better wrestler cole but i actually think michelle watterson can grapple like pretty well with her in this fight i think she can keep the fight standing for the most part and on the feet to me there's no question she's a better fighter so you no, know, Sparge is going to really have to use those takedowns and, and hold her to the ground for three rounds to win this fight. I don't see that happening. I like Michelle Watterson, man. Plus 135. To me, she should be favored to win this fight, Cole. I I like the style of matchup for her. Give me Michelle Watterson, win the decision. And uh, the odds in the fight going to decision, I mean, I would assume it's pretty high. Yeah, it's <laughs> minus 450, but I mean, that should be honestly a lock. Like, I don't see this fight ending inside a distance. Bucky Betts, what's up, guys? What's going on, Bucky? All right, so we both like Watterson there. Cool. I mean, honestly, cool. Like, I was kind of thinking what fights you would pick. I had a feeling one of these two fights on the prelims, but you know, the fact that it's both of them is kind of crazy. But yeah, I mean, we both like the same dog. That's okay. All right, next up, heavyweight boat, Alexi Alinek versus Fabrizio Verdoum. Right now, we got Verdoum is a huge favorite, minus 330. Alinek plus 270. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, I like Fabrizio Verdoum in this fight, but it's dog or pass. There's no way. I bet. I'd lay that kind of money up for Reese's ear doom, especially because he's coming off such a long layoff. It was a you saw the suspension, and he was a guy that was really frustrated. He was asking for his release, He's saying, Oh, let me go fight. So, didn't seem like he was too motivated to be back in the UFC. Alexio Lennox has been fighting. I know he's been knocked out. He lost to Alistair Over and Walter Harris, but even in that Over fight, he had some success in the on the feet at the beginning. Coming off the went over Maurice screen, but that was not a very good fight. Both kind of gassed out. I think Verdum could connect and I think he can knock out Olenek probably in the first or second round.
0: Yeah, I like Ferdum too. Uh you have to pick him. I mean, the, the layoff scares me for sure. He hasn't fought in two years, which is never a good thing, Cole. But uh, you know, on paper, I, I just think he's the better fighter, you know, I'm more well rounded in my opinion. Like, to me, the biggest difference here is both guys are amazing on the ground. I mean, actually this should be a great fight too, Cole. This could easily call headline a Brazilian fight night card or a Russian fight night card, easily. You know, this would easily be the main event. So this is a great fight. i got to say that. They are two of the best grapplers ever in the heavyweight division. Both guys have been around forever. Both They're both 42, but they're both, I think, well, it's hard to say about Verdun, but Olenek's still fighting at a pretty high level, you know, despite his age. He's been fighting for 24 years. Verdum's fought for 18 years as a pro. I mean, these guys have been around forever. So a lot of respect for these guys. Olenek's great, man. I mean, he's awesome. But the problem with Olenek is he's... Only a grappler, like his strikings, it's not there. You know, he did knock out Jared Rosol a few years ago. That's it, though. I mean, he doesn't knock guys out. He takes you down, submits you often with the Ezekiel choke. That's not going to work on Verdee over Doom. You know, I don't see him submitting Fabrizio Verdoom here. I think the fight stays standing. I think Verdoom probably knocks Aleinik out, or at least wins the decision here. I don't love the odds minus three thirty on a guy who hasn't fought in two years. No thanks. So I, I think I pass on it. I think Cole's right, dogger pass, but. I like Verdun um, in this fight call. I mean, just the striking alone should be enough for him to get the win here. All right, last up on the prelims here: Don Cerrone against Anthony Pettis. Two, it's a rematch. Great fight. Pettis minus one thirty-five, Cerrone plus one fifteen. Who's your pick? Yeah,
1: this is a really interesting fight. I've had a pretty good read on Cerrone lately. Like I picked him to beat Hernandez, I Quinta, and then lose last three. This one, though, I'm really torn on. I think this is a really close fight. It could go either way. The odds really reflect it. I lean towards Anthony Pettis, though. I just think striking-wise, he's a better striker. If they go to the ground, I think Pettis is a better grappler. I know his last fight against Diego was he obviously got submitted, but I'm really high on Diego Freire. Then before that, lost to Nate Diaz, but he had an injury going to that one, and even losing to Nate Diaz is a bad thing. Then beat Wanderbar Thompson. Lost to Ferguson because he he had to corner Sajic he broke his hand, but he had success in that fight. And then the Michael Chiesa, submitting Michael Chiesa in 2018, that's still a really good win, especially how good Chiesa is. I think Pettis can have success no matter where this fight goes. I think this fight goes the distance. I don't think either of them get finished, and I think think it might be a late finish if there is a finish, but I think Pettis wins this one.
0: Yeah, interesting fight for sure. I remember the first time these guys fought. I actually called Pettis by knockout. I said it on the MMAOB Daily, not the MMAOB Daily podcast. The MMA Odds Breaker. What was it called again? Jeez, uh, I can't remember. But it was me, Nick, and Luca, and uh, I picked I picked Pettis by knockout. I said he's going to knock him out, and no one believed me. And he went and did it. It was like the first knockout loss of uh, Cerrone's career. Since then, he's been knocked out quite a few times. He's got seven knockout losses now. So a lot's happened a year since. Soroni's still a great fighter, but I don't trust him anymore, Cole. I mean, look at his last three losses. Now, keep in mind, they are three of the best guys in the world to McGregor, Gaethje, and Ferguson, but he got finished in all three of those fights. Pettis is a guy that is a technician on the feet. He's got a lot of knockout powers we saw him against Stephen Thompson, first got to finish him, and uh, I feel like he can connect with Donald Soroni and finish him here. If not, kind of just pick him apart when the decision it's a it's definitely not like a super uh lopsided fight it's closer than probably the last fight was where i really like pettis back then i mean it's been years since then right eight years almost or seven years but this time around i, I do lean towards pettis again just to win in, um but i i wouldn't bet on it because honestly he hasn't looked great either you know we gotta keep that in mind as bad as serone's look lately like pettis hasn't looked great either so my pick's gonna be anthony pettis but uh I don't know about a bet here, Cole. I'm kind of I kind of torn, even though I think he probably should like style on Shroni here. I don't know. All right, let's go to the main card here. Man, what a main card this is gonna be. Sick, sick fights. First up on the main card, opening up the peer-review. And I'm a little surprised this one's opening up the pay review. view Not that it's on the pay review view because I know that UFC loves Greg Hardy, but I I think I would have used Cater and Stevens to open up the card just because I think that that's gonna be a crazy fight, but this fight is Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro, and right now we got Greg Hardy minus 200, DeCastro plus 170. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight. I think this is either going to be a first-round knockout for someone, or it's going to be a really sloppy three-round decision. Just with the way the odds are, I have picked pick Jorgen DeCastro just because I think this is a pick and fight and just get plus money at heavyweight. And pretty like significant plus money here, I think. Striking-wise, I think or power-wise, I think they're pretty similar with power. I think they both can take a punch. But I think what's going to be a big factor is Jorgen DeCastro's leg kicks. I think he's going to chop down Greg Hardy, and I think that's going to really frustrate Hardy because no one's really kicked on the legs as much as DeCastro will. I think that's going to be a huge factor in this one. I don't think they're going to go to the ground. I don't think either of them have the wrestling or are comfortable with their jiu-jitsu to go to the ground. I think it's just going to be a stand-up fight. I think DeCastro can just piece up hardy's leg kind of chop him down the third round score tko win
0: yeah and again you know i didn't talk to cole about these fights beforehand but uh i'm kind of with you cole i like the castro too here man and for me like it's also the kicks i was thinking about that fight in the contender series where he was like he was like a huge underdog on that in that fight he was like plus 800 maybe i can't remember what it was but a huge underdog and even in his fight against justin taff i think he was underdog in that fight too so you know, this is a guy not, doesn't get a lot of respect, but, man, he's got really good striking. And Greg Hardy is definitely dangerous, too. I mean, he's got knockout power. He's definitely a quick learner in the sport, which is good to see. I mean, say what you want about him as a person, but as far as his fighting abilities, I mean, the guy's pretty good. I mean, for a rookie season to have five fights, it's pretty incredible, actually. But, uh, you know, you saw in the Volkov fight that there is levels to this game. I'm not saying DeCastro's at the Volkov level, because Volkov, he is one of the top 10 guys right now in the UFC, but... I think Castro is a little bit more talented than Greg Hardy right, right now. You know, if these guys fight two years from now, probably Hardy wins. And he might win this fight too. But I actually do kind of like Castro here, Cole. I don't love him but by any means. It means a heavyweight fight can go either way. But to me, this is a pick'em fight. You know, this fight could go either way. Plus 170 on Castro. That's the way I'm leaning here. So I'm gonna go with Jorgen Castro. I'll take him to win by knockout, man. I think he can get it done. If not, win decision. But uh yeah, cool. I mean, again, I wasn't sure what fights you'd pick, but it looks like we're on the same page, which is, could be a good or a bad thing.
1: Well, even All just right. like what you said was, when I talked to DeCastro, cool. he even said, he's like, I wanted Hardy now because I don't want to fight him in two years because I know how good he's going to be. He kind of thinks he's catching him at that right time where you can have one over Greg Hardy that looks good on your record down the line.
0: Exactly. And here's the other thing. Hardy is not very experienced. DeCastro only really isn't either, but I think he's fought actually – you know, decent level competition in the fights he's had. So, you know, it's two guys that don't have a lot of experience. But I just, I feel like the caster's a little bit more uh, just ready for this fight right now. And we'll see, though. I mean, it should be a good fight for sure. Um, definitely an interesting fight to open the main card with considering the lack of experience of these guys. But UFC thinks there's going to be a knock on So that's why they did it. All right. Now, this fight, this could easily be a fight the night. Jeremy Stevens against Calvin Cater. I'm so glad they kept this fight together, Cole. Such a great fight. Right now, Calvin Cater, minus 250. Jeremy Stevens plus 210. Who's your pick?
1: I'm going Calvin Cater. I just think he's the better fighter all around. I think Jeremy Stevens has more power, but I think this is similar to like the Sunday and Nico Price, where Stevens has the power, but Cater's the better technical striker. I think even if it goes to the ground, which I doubt it will, I think both of these guys are just gonna want to stand. I think Cater's gonna be the better striker. He still has knock power. We saw in the Ricardo Lamas fight. And the Chris Fishworld fight, it only takes one punch to for him to finish it. What really impressed me is that two, at UFC 220, that's Shane Burgos' win. I think that's still one of his best wins. He really put it on Shane Burgos. And then if you look we lost, we lost to Moikano, which isn't a bad loss. And he lost to Zabit. But if that was, Zabit fight was five rounds, so it was the main event, I think Cato would have won that fight. We saw him have a ton of success late half of the second and early third and into the third round. I think Cato will get a decision win here and just. Which is going to be really tough to see what the UFC does with Stevens if he loses this one too.
0: Yeah, he hasn't been winning very many fights lately. Eh? Like he's definitely a guy that Dana White loves. This guy and the matchmakers do too. I mean, the fans do. I mean, the guy's always in good fights and he's been around forever. But uh, right now he's on an o three and one no contest skid. So you think that if he loses again, you know, I, I wouldn't say his roster spots in jeopardy right? I mean he's local. So cool. Like everyone likes Jeremy Stevens. He'll he'll stay around the UFC for as long as he keeps fighting. Uh, Calvin Caterman, he is super impressive to me. If it was a beat, yeah, Cole, if it was five rounds, he could have easily won that fight, man. So it's, it's unfortunate it was only three. Otherwise, he's looked great. The Burgos fight was fin- phenomenal. What a great performance. He beat Andre Field in his debut. That's a great win, too. Um, Ricardo Lamas is a solid win. Fish Cole is probably his worst opponent, I think. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with Calvin Caterman. The guy's just a technician with the boxing. Like He is very impressive. You know, it's crazy because he's 32, right? Like. He's a little bit older for, like, someone that, you know, doesn't have that much experience. Like, Jeremy Stevens is only one year older, Cole, and has, like, what, 25 more fights in the UFC? Like, he's been around so long. But uh could be a good thing for Katie doesn't have hasn't taken as much damage. I like I healing. Stevens is hard to finish, so I'm kind of leaning towards a Cader decision and, like, probably one of the fights, maybe fight of the night could be, for sure, one of the best fights the land, though, for easily, for sure. Um, cater by decision. But he could knock out Jeremy Stevens. It wouldn't surprise me. He's got the boxing. That uh, you could definitely do so. Got some questions here. Can Shiro do you? Steven's gonna sudden KO or sleeping? I don't know, man. I don't see it. You know, Steven's definitely has KO power, but he's I think Kater, he, boxing, he has a good chin. Power. He's got a good chin. He, has he been finished? I don't think so, right?
1: No, he lost from McConnell and beat by decision. And he took some good shots in there.
0: He lost early in his career, but I don't think he lost by knockout. He lost like way back in the day. Was he ko No, I mean, even, yeah, he's never been knocked out. So I don't see it happen here. I mean, it's Stevens definitely has power. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. The last knock we had was against Josh I mean, I called him in that fight. It was two years ago, though. He hasn't knocked anyone else since then. All right. Uh, Adrian Kapoor, with you both on Hall and Morrison, but hard, are you going to KO Castro? Definitely possible. I mean, it's a heavyweight fight, man. Yeah. Was, either way. Seriously, you can take a coin and flip them from the, for the three heavyweight fights. Take a coin and flip them. You can go two or three easily and not even, like, break down the fight. John Hanco. What's up, John? You think the wear and tear is catching on Stevens? I do. I do think so, because he's been around for so long in the UFC, since 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, 2007, fought Dean Thomas in his debut. He's been in so many wars over the years. Like, the last few fights, the Yair fight was a crazy fight. The Zabid fight. The Aldo fight got KO'd pretty quickly. But, you know, even going back uh, a few years, like the Holloway fight, the the Cobb-Swanson fight, like, he's been in a lot of crazy fights. Only been knocked out twice, you know, never, like, it's been a while like the Eves words fight and then the aldo fight but you know overall for a guy who's in this many like crazy fights to only have two knock losses is not that bad but uh to answer your question i absolutely do think that the wear and tear is catching up like on any fighter but especially a guy like stevens because cole he's been fighting in the ufc since, since he's been literally 20 years old so he's been around forever man like cole you're 20 i think right so he's been fighting in the ufc since like how, however old you are cole to, like, however old I am right now. I'm 31, so that plus two more years. That's a long freaking time, man. James Van de Boss would be one of the big comebacks of Cruz Big 2, and we'll talk about that fight in one second. Looking forward to talking about that one. All right, so that's it for Stevens and Cater. All right, this is another great fight. The Gano versus Rosenstruck. Now, it was supposed to be a five-round main event at UC Columbus. Now it's three rounds. Cole, honestly, I don't even think it needed to be five rounds because I don't know if this fight's going to go the full five. I doubt it. I don't even know if it goes full three, but either way, it's a great fight. Another heavyweight bow here. Nagano minus 265. Yarzino Rosenstruck plus 225. Give me your pick.
1: Yeah, this is such an interesting fight. I think he, I have picked Nagano, but again, this is dogger pass in this one. Rosenstruck has a ton of power we've seen. And the thing with Rosenstruck is his power still last late in the rounds. We saw it over him. I was ready to go to bed. I'm like, ah, Rosenstruck lost. And then I was, I was getting ready. I'm like, ah. This is a dominant one by over. And then four seconds left, he lands that punch. It still only takes Rose Truck one punch. He can land it whenever. But that's the same thing with Gone. It only takes one. I, Rose, I talked to Rose Truck. He says this is going to be one of the best fights in 2020. When he said that, I'm like, oh, no. Please don't beat Lewis Ngannou, too. I'm like, I don't think it's going to be. I think Ngannou's full of confidence and Rose Truck's full of confidence. I think they're going to go at each other. I think it honestly might be first one to land good. Who's going to get the win? So I think at those odds you kind of have to lean towards Rose if you're gonna bet. I think Ganu is the better striker. I think he's the better, has the more power. So my picks in Ganu, but if you're gonna bet, you
0: have to go with Rose and Oh, this fight's so sick, man. Someone's getting to knocked out quickly, I think. Uh yeah, I'm with you, Cole. I think the first one to land probably wins the fight. It could go either way. It really can. Rose, Rose, Rose great, man. I've been picking the guy in all his fights, including the fight with Overy. Now, I thought that was gonna be a loss, and I marked it as a loss, and then all of a sudden, bang. Rips over over his chin or as a lip with the last few seconds during the fight. Incredible knockout. I mean, really was good. Uh, the guy's super talented. Big fan of this guy. And like you said, Cole, he's fighting with so much confidence right now. Like every interview he does, Cole, with you and other people, he just reeks of confidence. Then again, so does Nagano, right? So it's two guys with a supreme amount of confidence. The winner of this fight better get a title shot, man. Like they better. You know, I listen, I get it. Steep ADC, they want to have their trilogy. That's a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. But the winner of this fight might deserve it even more than DC. You know, Cole, like, considering how active these guys have been. Now, Nagano, he's looked amazing. He's really improved since the Derrick Lewis fight. Three straight knockout wins in the first round for JDS, Cain Velasquez, and Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, that's a huge win for him. He's got two knockout wins over Curtis Blades. Um, the Cain Velasquez win, yeah, you know, there's an injury to Cain. Okay, fair enough. But the JDS win was super impressive. Go to Rosenstruck and he's been impressive too. Albini, Crowder, Orlovsky in the over. so he's taking a, a like a slow step up. But since he has been rising up the ranks, he's looked better and better. Now the overing fight though does scare me a little bit because Cole he was losing that whole fight. He would have lost the decision. And I'm like you, man. I was like, man, this fight's so boring. It was a boring fight, honestly, it was. But then four seconds left, he gets KO'd. So he's got that fight-ending power that can happen any time. It's like Derek Lewis, like when he fought Volkov, you could get that knockout like with five seconds left in the fight It's possible. So Nagano better keep his hands up in this fight. I'll tell you that. I don't know, Cole. I mean, it really can go either way. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rosenstruck wins this fight, you know, and it's very tempting to pick him because look at those odds, like a heavyweight fight between two guys with huge KO power, plus 225, like you don't see those odds quite often. So it's tempting to pick Jairzino Rosenstruck here, and I'm thinking about it, but I still gotta go with Francis, just the experience to me and the UFC is gonna really be the difference here. He's fought higher level competition, and uh you know, both guys fighting at high level right now, but I gotta look slightly towards Francis to get the knockout here. So that's gonna be my pick, but I'm not I'm not betting on this fight, call Are you kidding. Me? Minus 265 in a heavyweight fight that could get really a knockout either way. No thanks. Couple uh comments here. Yeah, and Van Boss, hope, hoping Rosenstruck will get Nagano loads of leg kicks, yeah. I, you know what, Cole? Like, I know you just said that Nagano's probably a better striker. I don't know. I, I think Rosenstruck might actually be the better striker, but, you know, that could be for kickboxing. For MMA, Nagano's probably a little bit more refined, especially with the boxing. But when you add in the kicks, Cole, you got to kind of lean towards Rosenstruck overall. But with the punching power of, of Nagano, like, it's hard to go against him. So I know what you're saying, too. Adrian Kapoor, Cater is the future of the featherweight division and get the KO for Stevens, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Bucky bets Cater wins it with his superb boxing skills, but the line's too high. Cater should be a minus 150 favorite. I capped him at minus 250. I, I really like him in this fight, you know, personally. So I actually, I think the line's bang on, personally. But, I mean, if you think there's value on Stevens, fair enough. That's that's definitely your opinion on that one. But uh, you like you like Cater as well. John Honko, I heard Rose Druck's been working with King Mo, a lot of ATT, Willie Russell. Cole, I think this is a better question for you to answer. either. Yeah, I was talking
1: to the Roadster. He is at ATT. He said he had to switch. He just want to get better looks, better coaching. So he brought his old coach over to ATT. So he's still with his old coach. But he told me King Mo's is a guy he's with a lot. I asked him after he said that. I'm like, Are you gonna wrestle? He said it's an MMA fight. Anything can happen. I don't think these guys are gonna wrestle. I don't think his wrestling is that good. We saw Over and taking down a bunch. We I don't think his wrestling with one camp at King Mo can improve that much. They're gonna take down Ganu. And Gato still has good wrestling defense. Like he stuffed Kane's takedowns. Junior Dos Santos attempted one and that didn't go well. So I don't think it's going to wrestle, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see Rosenstruck shoot just to see what's there and see if he can get it.
0: I don't think he takes him down either. I mean, the only fight there where he was taking down was the Stipe fight really. And Stipe is a really good underrated wrestler. He doesn't really use it that often, but, uh, I don't think this fight goes to the ground. I mean, like you said it's possible he could shoot just to see, but I don't think it matters And well, To be honest with you, that's dangerous if he shoots cuz the the has got that uppercut, man. If he goes and shoots in, he could get caught with an uppercut. So, yeah, I, I don't see it being a wrestling fight based fight at all. I um, I think it's going to be a striking based fight and like I said, it, probably an early round knockout for one of these guys. All right, next up, coming event, UFC men's bantamweight title on the line, Henry Cejudo against Dominic Cruz. Cejudo minus 225, Cruz plus 185. This was supposed to be Harris Hudo versus Jose Aldo this weekend, but we're going to get Dominic Cruz again So instead. So it's a Legends fight again, but a different opponent. Cole, give me your uh, pick for this fight.
1: This is a really interesting fight. Really interesting to see how Sahuto looks apparently. Because obviously, Moraes, that first, the his debut against Moraes, that first down, Moraes dominated. Then something just kind of switched and he kind of just outworked Moraes and gassed him. This fight, we know Cruz has really good cardio. He's not going to gas like Moraes. So it's going to be interesting to see how Sudo looks. I think this fight goes the distance. I don't think either of them get a finish. I think Sahudo's wrestling is going to be the huge difference. I think he's going to be able to take down Cruz. I think Cruz is going to win some rounds. I think it's going to be like three-two in rounds. I think it's going to be a close fight. In a lot of people expect, I think Sahudo's wrestling is just going to be the difference. maker. So could on the feet. He's been improved striking, where I think he might be able to hit Cruz a little, just score some points. But I think it's going to be Sahudo just using the Olympic wrestling to his advantage and take a decision when defend his belt.
0: I like Cejudo too. I love Sahudo in this fight. To me, like, he's one of the most confident picks in the card. And I see some people saying, like, you know, it's surprising Cejudo is a favorite because he is often an underdog, but the guy's got to get some respect at some point, right? Like, look at his winning streak, called Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw, Marlon Moraes, And he's destroying these guys. Like, not Demetrius, but the other guys he just destroyed. He is fighting at a high level right now. He's got a lot of confidence in this game. I'm... I'm starting to think he's, like, one of the best fighters maybe we've ever seen in MMA. Like, he, he is such a quick learner in the sport. Well, he's only been fighting for, like, seven years, I think, now. So he's a guy that, you know, when he first came to the UFC, he was kind of just a wrestler, was learning his boxing a little bit. I know he was a Golden Gloves, you know, boxer back in the day. But in MMA-wise, he was just kind of, like, learning that part of the game. But the last few years, he's really improved it to the point where he's knocking guys out like Marlon Moraes now. Like, so he's he's a beast, man. Dominic Cruz is a guy that, you know, could be argued as the greatest family ever. Like, I I think there's an argument there. I don't know if he is, for sure. But uh, the biggest problem with Dominic Cruz is, and it, listen, he was, in his prime, an amazing fighter. Don't get me wrong. And he was beating everyone pretty easily, just based on movement and boxing, pretty much. But, cool hasn't fought since 2016. Yeah, that's the scary part there. He's uh, he's actually, he's a little bit older than Hudo. So Hudo, I think, is 33, if I'm not mistaken. So... He's a little bit older than you'd think because he hasn't been fighting that long, but Cruz fight years wise, cool. I think he's age wise 35, but to me, he's actually a lot older than fighters because of all the wear and tear. You talk about wear and tear. This is a guy who's taken a lot of injuries in his career, a lot of damage in his career. He's always hurt. I was pretty surprised when he got this title shot. I don't think he deserves it at all. I get why he's getting it because there's no one else can fight right now. Um, I guess, just because of all the restrictions. Like, Peter Yan sure have this shot, in my opinion, but he can't fight in the States right now. So, Cruz gets it. I just don't see it going well for him, Cole. I, I don't like the matchup for Dominick Cruz at all. I don't think his movement's going to be as efficient as it once was. You know, I think this wrestling's better. I think his striking's better. I think everything for sudo points to him getting the win here. So, the question is, does he finish Dominick Cruz, or is he win a decision? Cruz is very difficult to finish. He's only been finished, I think, once in his career by. Faber years ago with a guillotine, if I'm not mistaken. That's it. So it, it, he's a very tough guy to finish. He could get caught here. But the safer pick is probably Cejudo by decision. So that's going to be what I'm going to pick your call, Cejudo to win that decision. But uh, absolutely a kind of intriguing fight, but a fight that I don't think makes a lot of sense just based on where Cruz is in his career. But, you know, if, if Cruz was coming off a win or two, I would have liked it a little bit better. It is an interesting style matchup, but I just don't think he deserves it. So I don't give him a lot of respect in this fight. But either way, yeah, don't, uh Henry's Hudo by decision. I just gotta go to the question circle. Pavlo 005. I don't see Jarzino winning. He lost to Overeem, but the stupid referee stopped the fight one second from the end. Over was okay, stand up immediately. Well, it was four seconds, and the thing with MMA is, yeah, I know what you're saying, like the clock could have ran down and over could have got the decision for sure. But the problem with MMA is and not the problem, but just the difference is like The referee is not really supposed to look at the time. It's more about the damage of the fighter. In that instance, yeah, I mean, it could have easily been a few more seconds over and would have got the win. But with the lip ripped open like that, you can understand why the referee stopped the fight. I mean, it was a very visually damaging sight, so I can see why they stopped it. And I'm pretty sure he had, like, emergency surgery afterwards so on his lip. So, I mean, it was a pretty nasty injury. Bucky Betts, Rosenstruck suffers his first loss in KO. Definitely possible. And he has lost in kickboxing. We shouldn't point that out as well. or Erzino lost to Kovalev in the judges gave a the decision. They went to UFC. You can see the YouTube fight. I'm pretty sure that's a kickboxing fight. Bucky Betts likes over him. okay, uh, Radoju, Doju. resting three years playoff cruiser, the best cruise plus he's taller than Henry, and Henry is like fighting taller fighters. I guess. I don't I don't know, man. I, I...
1: the reach is only half an inch, so like He's four inches taller, but it's only a half inch reach where it's not going to be that big of a difference.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying, like, for sure, you know, he hasn't taken like damage inside the cage the last few years, but he's still a guy that's like never like healthy and like really how much he's been training the last few years. I don't know, like, because he's always hurt, so you know, you, you think that the rest would be good, but it, not really. I mean, it's, it's MMA, we've seen time and time again, guys that come off long layoffs often lose. I know Cruz bucked that trend when he fought Mitsugaki a few years ago and beat him, but I don't like him in this spot, man. Pavlo, I believe Cruz wins. Cruz loses easily. He'll never come back. As close, they might rematch. He'll probably fight again, but you know, it'll be like Legends fights against guys like Faber or something like that. I don't see him fighting for the belt if he loses this fight, which I don't think he wins. John Honko, could we see a really boring fight of the booze between Cruz and huro Yeah. You know what, John? That's a great point. I think this fight could be pretty boring, Cole, to me, honestly, because I could see it... No, you know, Domin- Dominic Cruz. I don't know, like, what if people think he's exciting because he really isn't. I'm sorry to say it, but he's not. I don't know how many like fight of the nights he's had. I don't think, can't think of many. He's not the most exciting guy. You know, I think the Dillashaw fight might have won the fight of the night. That was a back and forth fight, which right. I thought he
1: lost. Really. Garbrandt fight David. that was more just because Garbrandt was styling, got him dancing,
0: it. Yeah, he was just smashing him. And that's the thing. Cool. I think that was the last time that. Uh, Cruz's fault obviously was, but was that Garbrandt's last win too? Yeah. That's crazy, right? Like, if you would have predicted that on that card, neither of these guys will ever get a win again in the UFC three years later, people were saying you're nuts. and That's what happens. So, well, the odds crazy. would have
1: been like 20,000 to one.
0: I know. I know, right? Like, will Cruz or Hudon not win or um, Cruz and Garbrandt not win a fight in the next three years? I don't think anyone would pick that. All right. Bucky Betts, I can see the cringe pull of a decision win. Like, yep. So, can we? Pavlo, I understand, but he stopped immediately. He stand back up immediately. And uh, he's oh, you're talking about the fight in Ryzen Kovalev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that fight absolutely could have gone either way. I have seen that fight, Pavlo. I know you're talking about now. Sorry. I had to think about that. Yeah, That's the only fight that Yarzino hasn't knocked out not uh, his opponent in MMA. It was a super close fight in Ryzen, and you're right. It could have went either way. And if he lost the fight, then who knows if he ends up uh, in the UFC. But uh, either way, he's here now, and we'll see what happens in this big spot here. All right, let's get to the main event. Best fight in the card, for sure. I mean, this is the front of fight of the night. But, uh wow, what a fight, cool. I mean, listen, we were supposed to watch Tony and Habib, and all of us want to watch that fight. I want to see that fight badly, Cole. But this is a pretty damn amazing replacement fight, right? Like, this is pretty sick. These are two of my all-time favorites, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, two of the most exciting guys in the sport. This is the perfect fight for, like, a casual fan to watch this weekend. Someone who doesn't really watch UFC or MMA and is like, all right, I want to check it out because there's nothing else to watch. The perfect fight. That's why I think it should be on regular ESPN and not on pay-per-view, but that's just me. Either way, Cole, what a fight. And right now we got Tony Ferguson minus 180, Gaethje plus 158. Who's going to be the UFC interim lightweight champion at the end of Saturday night?
1: I got to go with Tony Ferguson. I think he's just a better all-around fighter. I think Gaethje has the ability to knock him out early, but I just think Ferguson, he could take a punch. I know he's been dropped before, but he's got it. He's a tough guy to finish. I think His weird footwork, I think it's going to frustrate Gaethje. I think the leg kicks by Gaethje is going to be a factor in this one. I think both of them are going to be beat up pretty badly in this one. I think both of them are going to have a lot of damage. I don't think it's going to be an early knockout. I think Ferguson's cardio is going to be a huge damage. I think he's just going to be able to outwork Gaethje for the first three rounds, really push the pace on Gaethje. I think that's going to frustrate Gaethje too. Gaethje's normally the one that comes forward. I don't think Ferguson's going to let that happen. I think he's going to be one pushing the pace. And then I think in the fourth round, once Gage starts to fade, I think Ferguson's going to put it on him and get a TKO win in the fourth.
0: Love both these guys, but I'm with you, man. Tony Ferguson wins this fight. He's just, to me, a more well-rounded, dangerous guy and better cardio, uh, better chin, um, better ground game, better submissions. Gage, is great. His striking is dangerous. He can knock anyone out, but uh, he's reckless a lot of the time. And he does have wrestling. He doesn't use it, though. That's the problem with him. So, I mean, it, honestly, his best path, the victory in this fight, might be to wrestle Tony Ferguson. Because Tony can be playing on his back. But even if he does that, Tony's so dangerous with his submissions, man. So it's a very risky thing. Standard trade of Tony Ferguson. You can get caught. You could knock out Ferguson. It's possible. But it'd be difficult. I mean, Ferguson has been dropped before a few times. Like the uh Land of Renata fight, where he got dropped a couple times. But overall, I mean, his chin's pretty damn good, man. I just really like Tony Ferguson in the spot Cole. Honestly, I think minus one eighty is actually a pretty reasonable price because I, I just see a lot of advantages for him in this fight. Um, and he's just so experienced and he's ready for this man. He deserve. He really deserves to be a title like holder in the UFC. You know, it's a shame that Habib and him can't fight right now, but hopefully that fight happens at some point later this year. Give me Tony Ferguson by TKO Cole. I think he gets it done probably third or fourth round. You know, just kind of eats up the damage in case he does and finishes him like the. The Donalds-Ronnie fight. I mean, the doctor stopped that fight. That's kind of how I see this going. Tony Ferguson, when he fights you, he cuts you. He makes you bleed. He beats you up. There's like a you see that picture floating Michael? No, yeah.
1: See that, that right? They last
0: like 12 opponents. Yeah, look at their faces, man. Like this guy just beats up people like really badly and violently. And Gacy does too. Don't get me wrong, but I don't trust Gacy's technical. I, I really don't. You know, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. Like. I'm pretty sure I picked him in every UFC fight he's been in. This is the first time I've actually picked against him in his career. But I like Tony Ferguson a lot in this fight. So give me Tony Ferguson. So crazy enough, Cole, we actually had the same picks in this card. And again, anyone listening, me and Cole did not talk about our picks before, and we never do. I don't want to know what Cole's picking because I don't want that to influence me. But we both have the same picks, which is crazy. All right, a couple of questions here, comments. And uh, let's start with this one. Pablo 5 I don't think Cruz fights favor. They ran trilogy. Yes, they did. I could see him fighting Cody again. Yeah, that fight could definitely happen. That's a fight that I think makes a lot of sense. Adrian Kapoor. Cruz wins or loses. Should he hang them up if you don't want the smoke from Aldo or favor? Yeah, if he loses this fight, he could definitely retire. I mean, listen, Gama Cruz, like, he's already got that career set as, like, a UFC contender. UFC loves the guy. They absolutely love him. To Me personally, I don't, I don't even really know Dominic per, personally. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about him as a person, but I don't like his commentary. I don't think he's very good at it. You know, I think he's one of the weakest commentators they have. I'd much rather hear Paul Felder, Bisping, or DC talk. He's you know, really but, biased too when he's super biased Me, I think it was uh, was it Miles Jury that, that was fighting? I think was it Audrey Field? Fili- yeah. yeah, Andre Field, Miles Jury, and he was like. How sure he's landing, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" Like, so yeah, he's he's definitely very biased. Uh, hopefully, he gets better over the years. But I mean, I, I I'm not a famous commentator. There's been so many fights where he's like been scoring a fight, and I'm like, "Whoa!" Like, what did he see that you know? So, and I know I'm not the only person who feels that way. Again, nothing against the person or as a fighter, but as a commentator, not a big fan. Pavlov says uh, Don beats those guys easily. So I'm guessing he means Aldo and Peter Yan. I don't agree with that at all. I think Peter Yan smokes him, and I think Aldo probably beats him too. John Co, how much of a factor will cutting weight twice in the span of a few weeks have on the chin of Tony Ferguson, assuming? Definitely interesting, man. It's a great question, John, because you know what Tony did was kind of crazy and kind of reckless in many ways. But here's the thing. Uh, here's the argument I would make, and I talked about this already a few weeks ago. That's part of the ritual. That's part of the routine. So I can see why he did it. Like, it was just his routine. He was already cutting the weight. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to get it done with and, and finish the weight cut. Was it crazy? Sure. I mean, Justin didn't cut. He even said, I'm not cutting. He said, you can do what you want, man. So it's pretty nuts. It could have a factor, John. We don't know. I mean, how often does this happen where a guy's cutting weight and then he fights two weeks later and cuts weight again? We have no idea. But I will say this, and it's a great point of Bravo weight cutting. You will see you will see at least one fighter miss weight for this card call. I guarantee you someone will miss weight. And probably two fighters, if if not more. You know, because they just don't have the regular training right now. So they're not losing the weight at the same rate as they probably were once were. The sauna situation could be a little volatile this weekend. Uh just you know, going on treadmills and stuff like that to get sweat that last few pounds out. Also, there's like specific weight in windows for each guy. So I'm not sure how that's gonna factor in either. I think you're with me you on this call. You you do see someone missing weight as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna be. I really don't. I have no idea, but sadly enough, I do see someone missing weight. Pavlov says Tony fights and tough he used to cut weight in a short time. John says that was ten years ago. Pavlov says he cuts he steps on a short nose. Yeah. I mean both you guys are making great points, honestly. We have no idea, guys, because how often do does this happen in UFC where a guy cuts weight twice in two weeks? It's pretty freaking crazy. Or even two weeks, I guess three weeks it should be, but uh We'll see what happens. I mean, it could have an effect and he could be drained because we know that guys that cut a lot of weight, their chins are compromised, you know, but uh, we have no idea. I, I, I'm i with Bucky Bethel. He says there's value on Tony Ferguson. He hasn't capped at 300. Yeah, I, I think I had him about minus 250 myself because yeah, I, I, think, I had only 225, 230 yeah, or fight, So at minus 180, I do see value in him, you know, um, again, love Gaethje, man. He's great, but I like Tony Ferguson a lot. Tony is such a good fighter. I hope people realize how amazing this guy is. He's incredible. And uh, it's really a shame he hasn't fought for the actual Bellator at goal. Pavlov says, and, uh, or actually Adrian Kapoor, Cruz said was allowing Khabib to tag him on the ground to tire B-boat. LOL, Feller and DC are much better, 100%. I like this thing better, too. I think he's really good. And uh, there's a couple other guys that are you know, kind of coming up here, like Anthony Smith. I think he's really good as well. He doesn't do like fight commentary, but he's a really good uh, analyst and stuff. So... I like him a lot. Guys, feel free to send some more questions in here uh, just in the last few minutes here. Um, Cole, I want to hear about your story you did for CBC, man, because you did that uh, UFC 249 story. Talk to the, uh, the listeners about it.
1: Yeah, it's up on CBC Sports. It's I talked to Lyman Good, who was the first UFC fighter to get the virus, Michelle Watterson, Sam Alvey, Marlon Barra of why UFC fighters are still so eager to fight and want to fight during this pandemic. Uh, CBC is not a place that normally covers MA. I hear it a lot with the coworkers there is, why is this event happening? So I thought, let's get them to realize that why the fighters need this. And a lot of the fighters brought up a good point. Like Marlon Vera was basically just told them to F off people that don't like it. He goes like, none of my bills, my mortgage, my electricity, and all that's not getting deferred. I, this is the only way I make money. Like I need to put food on my table. I have two kids. I have to look after them. That was a common perception is I need to look out for my family. Like if I can't fight for a couple months, like I won't be able to survive. It's definitely an interesting read. It's a, a lot of good points. Even Lyman good said like he's already wanting to get back in there because he wants to be the person to prove like even if you get the virus, you can go back to living your normal life like shortly after he wants to be that kind of guy. So there's definitely some a lot of interesting quotes in there that it's a, it's on my Twitter. I tweeted it a couple times, so it's easy to find.
0: I know you have, and uh, it's a great article, man. Seriously, it's a great byline for you, and I thought you did a really good job with those interviews. Um, let's see here. Pavlov, I'm telling you, Cruz will beat those other guys. I only see Cruz would be a tough fight for him. Those other guys never fought a guy like Don before. Dom was great, man. you got to keep in mind, though, Pavlov. He hasn't fought since 2016. The same night Ronda got KO'd by, man, nearly the last time we saw her, that's the last time Cruz fought. So lots happened since then. Think of how much you've changed personally in the last three years, man. Think of how much Dominic's changed. Andrew Kapoor. Smith and Kieser are also analysts on the rise. Absolutely. Yeah, Kieser's is definitely good. I think it's Anthony Smith's really, is really smart, man, I, I, I think. Bucky Best. Love the podcast, guys. Man, I appreciate that. Tune in every week, but this is the first time interacting in the chat. Dude, anytime you want, throw some questions in. We love it. And Pavlov, once again, arguing for Dominic Cruz. We get it, man. You love Dahlia. Dude, you should put some money on him. I mean, he's an underdog, right? Pavlov definitely thinks he's got a good chance, but I guess he doesn't like him necessarily against Hudo, but he thinks he would beat guys like... Aljo and Yan, I, I would pick all those guys over Cruz, though, Cole. I would pick, you know, Corey St. Hagen. I'd pick him over Dominic Cruz, you know, for instance. Um, I'd probably pick a guy like Raphael Sunset over him, too, you know, at this point. So it, it, three-year layoffs a long time, man, and he's a guy that's always hurt, too. So he's definitely an injury risk. Um, We should get to some, like, just regular news, Cole, if that's okay with you, before we get out of here. Is that cool? All mm-hmm. right. Let's just do it a few minutes. I know Cole's got a lot to do, so do I. I just Okay, I'm just going to go to bjpen.com, guys. That's our home, me and Cole's home. For the news. Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer has been rescheduled. I don't know if you've talked to Felicia yet. I'm assuming you're going to send her a text right after this podcast is done. <laughs> or you probably that's your girl. June 6th. So that pay review is supposed to happen in Perth, Australia. It's been canceled, call, postponed, I guess, actually is the term UFC used. No idea when that's going to happen, but uh, I'm assuming this card's going to take place in Jacksonville too. I mean, it seems like they're going to be there for a few months. I-, I like Nunez still, you know, nothing changed there. Now, I will say that, uh, you know, what's to me, what's the difference between fighting on May 9th and June 6th? Like, doesn't seem like a lot of a difference, but for Manny, I guess it kind of helps her, you know, because f- I know that she was kind of like one of the fires that did speak up against, you know, fighting during this pandemic. So I guess that's leading some of her fears, but uh, yeah, I do like her there. I'm just looking at some of the other fights that were announced, a lot of fights were announced. For instance, Matt Brown's fighting Miguel Baiza. That's a uh, rebooking that's going to take place on the May 16 card. The May, okay, so there's, there's actually th- Three at least three cards coming up in Jacksonville, and then this pay review, which will we have no idea where it's going to take place. But I'll just forget about that one for now. Now for this uh, May, for, for for right now, we got UFC two forty nine this weekend. Next Wednesday, UFC Fight Night Jacksonville. That's going to be main evented by Glover to share and Anthony Smith. Then next Saturday is another UFC Jacksonville card. That's going to be, uh, Wall Harrison, Alister, and then the week after next Saturday after that. It's another fight night card. They're announcing fights right now. We don't know what the main event's going to be, but for what we're hearing Cole, it's probably going to be Tyron Woodley against Gilbert Burns. Any truth to that? I mean, I know you're pretty close to Gilbert. Yeah, I was texting Gilbert last night. He said, you'll
1: find out today if Woodley. His term was, yeah. if Woodley turns me down again. It wasn't even if Woodley accepts. So Burns is looking at the negative. He said Woodley's turned down a couple times. He thinks Woodley just has Twitter fingers. He doesn't know if he's going to accept. He says he already signed the contract, so it's all in Woodley's court. Yeah, yeah. it's happening.
0: Yeah. I think it's gonna happen. I think, oh, think I think so think- too. I think so. Because he wants to fight and also. I think T Wood thinks he can beat over Burns. And you know what? Like that that's a fight he probably can win. Interesting fight. There. I mean, Gilbert's looked he's he's looked amazing, Cole. Anyway, so yeah, that. uh let's just go through some other news here. So who has got a cut in his head. I don't know if you saw that in yeah. the uh, video. I don't know what to say about that. I mean Probably doesn't come into play, but who knows, right? Like, any thoughts on that? Yeah, who knows even when they film that they could have filmed that like for
1: the April 18th one and it could have been like when he was training in like March for this. So it's kind of interesting. It didn't really show any context when that was, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be a factor.
0: UFC Kazakhstan was canceled, another card's been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Cool. Uh, Peter Gamers, Marlon Marias, that was supposed to be the main event. I'm assuming those guys will probably fight on the Fight Island, whenever that happens, if that happens, because I don't think Yang can get in the States right now. Marias, I believe, lives in Florida, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Right? So he'll be able to fight on one of these Jacksonville cards. They might break that matchup up. If they do, it happens. It is what it is. I wouldn't mind seeing Marias versus like Corey Sanhagen. I think that'd be a great replacement fight. I know Corey's probably eager to get back in the cage, so that could happen. Just going through some other news here, Cole, um, just seeing what else we missed over the last few days. I wasn't able to do a podcast yesterday, because I saved it for today, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think there's not a lot else that I want to talk about here. Yeah, that's going to be it for now, I think. Yeah. Okay, so let's just get to uh, plugging our stuff here, Paul, I want to hear about your stuff, man. Uh, you've been doing a lot lately, Cole, so please tell everyone about what you've been up to.
1: Yeah, Twitter, at 91 I have a lot of memes this week. Talked to Rosenstruck, that's up. Fighter picks for Ferguson Gagey, that's up. I will the fighter picks for Caruso Hudo and Gongo Rosenstruck. And then I talked to Michelle Watterson, which should be up today. Uh, Sam Alvey. And who's the other one? Oh, and Alexio Olenek, too. So I talked to him, which will be up this week. And everything yeah. else is always on my Twitter.
0: Yeah, you've been doing a lot of interviews. Good, good stuff, Cole. we got a few more questions. I'll take them before I plug my stuff. We'll get out of here. I wanted to do an hour, so we're just about the mark right now. Uh, Adrian Kapoor, Lyman could be allowed to fight against soon after the infection. I don't know. I mean, he says he's negative now, so... We'll see, but I'm I just—I'd be worried too. I wouldn't want to fight Lyman Good. You know, if you're a UFC fighter, why would you want to fight a guy that just had coronavirus? It seems really dangerous. Domin- uh Pavlov, Dominic Cruz used to a three-year layoff, and he come back and beat the other dude's ass. And he's talking about Mitsugaki, but Mitsugaki and Tsukuda—I mean, come on—it's there's a big difference there. He says Kazakhstan's been postponed. They're playing for December. I, I hope so. I mean, those fans definitely want to see it. Adrian Kapoor, Ian Heinish and Peter is stuck in Thailand right now. Yeah. Um, I have heard about that. That sucks. So I mean it is what it is. It's just the fact of life right now, coronavirus pandemic. All right, guys, I think that's gonna be it for today's show. I'm gonna plug my stuff. As always, follow me on Twitter at MMA right there at the bottom of the screen. And follow Cole too because Cole's always tweeting stuff out. Uh also, of course, I'm at mmailtricker.com. You know, right now, of course, there's not a ton of stuff going on, but for me personally there, but I know they brought a few other writers on, which is great. So that's awesome. But this week I will have uh, breakdowns for the main event, co-main event. You already heard my picture, but in written form, I'll get those out in the next day or two. Uh, also on mbaoddsbringer.com, we got the podcast. So the schedule for the podcast, I'm going to do another one Friday, probably like after Wayne's or during Wayne, something like that. I'll see if Cole's around or whatever. And might be busy, but I'll definitely be here. Next week I'm going to do three podcasts, which is great. So I'll do Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That's the plan right now, but I'll let you guys know if the changes. We do we do have two cards to break down, so we'll see what happens there. Also, check me out at bjpan.com. and that, where I got a couple of UFC two forty nine articles coming out as well. Fight week, guys, finally back! I'm so excited and appreciate everyone tuning into the podcast. Today. And Cole, thanks for joining me, as always, man. That's gonna be it for today's show, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe. And I'll see you guys Friday. Bye.